The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Welcome online. If you're watching us uh, from home or somebody else's home and you're already sleeping uh, in the basement or, uh, you know, on a pull-out sofa or something like that. Uh, But we're glad that you woke up this morning uh, to be with us here in person or online as well. Uh, So let's take a quick little survey. How many of you are completely done with all of your Christmas shopping? Okay, that's not, you know, that's probably a little bit better than what I thought. How about this? How many of you would not have Christmas if it were not for Amazon Prime? That's right. Thank you, Jesus, for Amazon Prime. There you go. Um, Listen, uh, man, I'm excited about tomorrow night. Hope that you'll come, come back, uh, invite and bring a friend. We're going to sing some Christmas songs. We're going to just, I'm going to share a message from my heart uh, just to begin Christmas in your home uh, and to begin it well. So I hope that you'll come. Hope you'll bring some friends. Uh, I know they're going to have a great time in children's ministry as well. Uh, Your kids can wear their PJs uh, to church. They got a pizza PJ party over there. They're going to have a lot of fun. And if you want to wear your PJs here, you can as well. We'll, We will allow that. Uh, We will make fun of you, but you can do it. Um, Hey, we are uh, in, oh, next Sunday, by the way, next Sunday, I wanted to share that we only have one service next Sunday. So it's the Sunday, you know, after Christmas, before New Year's, and we have a ton of people that are going to be out of town. So we're having one service uh, at 930. We've been, that's been in our communications. It's been in my, my Friday Five, those kinds of things. But I did want to remind you today uh, that next Sunday, one service uh, at 930. So we are today in week four of this series called Carols. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. And uh, today's Christmas song, obviously, uh, was Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Angels are popular today. Have you noticed that? I mean, they are everywhere from pins to cards to ornaments to tattoos to movies. I mean, people can't get enough of angels. This past week, I googled the word angel, angels, and came up with over two billion, with a B, two billion hits. Uh, According to the Angels Collector's Club of America, and if you're a member of that, we will make fun of you here at Coastal. Um, the hands-down champion of angel collectors is this woman from Wisconsin. And uh, her home was so stuffed with angels that she actually opened the world's only angel museum. Uh, and it just closed this past year, this past October, after a 20-year run. And uh, it contained over 13,600 different angels. That's a lot of angels. So, we sang about angels this morning. What does the Bible have to say about angels, especially the role that they played in announcing the birth of Jesus? Now, the Christmas story, and, and I have to, when I say the word Christmas story, I usually have to say the biblical Christmas story, because if I don't explain that, people think I'm talking about Ralphie and shooting your eye out or something. But um, no, the Bible story is saturated with the supernatural, uh, with angels, a lot of miraculous things happening. But so many people just kind of completely miss all of that because they kind of skim over this season on a very superficial level. And And they miss out on the miraculous, the supernatural. So one of the things I'm hoping today is to kind of help move our minds from this world to the real spiritual world that sometimes we have a difficult time seeing and laying hold of. 
Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. This is our encouragement today. So we, as believers, we fix our eyes not on what we can see, on what is seen, but what is what? Unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In other words, what Paul is reminding us is that, hey, we, we live on one plane, in one reality, okay, that we can see, feel, you know, touch, but there's a whole other reality all around us that we say we believe in. Now, maybe you remember the account in 2 Kings chapter 6 where Elisha and his servant are surrounded by a fierce enemy army. And his servant basically says, you know, okay, Elisha, you know, you're, you're the man, you're the prophet, what are we going to do? And Elisha simply says, don't be afraid. You know, you've got nothing to fear because those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And you can kind of just picture the servant, you know, looking kind of dumbfounded and, and looking around and going, um, Elisha, there are just two of us here. And there's all of them. But I want you to listen to Elisha's response in 2 Kings 6.17. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I guess in a way this morning my prayer is that the Lord would open your eyes today. And you'd see a little bit more of the miraculous. And I believe that. I believe that if we could pull back the curtain on this real world and see the spiritual world, the real world, we would be amazed. And so again, my prayer today is that God would maybe open our eyes just a little bit so that we could see what truly is important. And maybe God could teach us some, some lessons today uh, through the angels. You know, angels appear in more than uh, half the books of the Bible, over 300 references to angels. And they primarily have three responsibilities that you see in the Bible. Number one, if you're taking notes, uh, they magnify God. That's one of their primary responsibilities. They magnify God, worship God. Nehemiah 9, 6 says, you preserve and give life to everything, and all the angels of heaven worship God you. And then you see a lot about angels in Revelation. Uh, Revelation 5, 11 and 12 says this, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And in a loud voice they sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's their primary job, to worship and praise God. Number two, they are also messengers of God. In fact, the word angel in Greek literally means a messenger, messenger. And so their job is to do whatever God wants them to do, whatever God tells them to do. In the Bible, angelic messengers basically convey two types of messages. Now, sometimes it's good news, right? Like the birth of Christ. But other times, the news they bring is judgment and wrath. And uh, when they serve in that capacity, they're definitely not the little cute little, you know, angel cherub dolls that we see and look like little ornaments, you know, on a tree. Uh-uh. 2 Thessalonians 1, 6, and 7, listen to this. God is just. 
He will pay back trouble to those who, who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire and with his powerful angels. And again, the book of Revelation is full of prophecies uh, regarding uh, avenging angels and their role, and it's anything but pretty, okay? Now, the third uh, main job of angels is, number three, they minister to people. They minister to people. And this is one of the areas that sometimes we, we don't remember, we forget, uh, and, and it's really kind of uh, interesting. Look at, look at uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Now, who will inherit salvation? Who's he talking about? You ready for this? You, me. He's talking about believers here, Christians. You know, that, that angels are ministering spirits sent to serve you. Now, most of the time, angels are not seen. Obviously, they serve behind the scenes. But there are some biblical examples of times when they broke into our world and they appeared for just a short time to accomplish a very specific purpose. And then this is even more interesting, Hebrews 13, 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained, who, what? Angels, without knowing it. Man, Evidently, according to the Bible, it's possible to be face-to-face with an angel and not even know it. In fact, do me a favor. Turn and look at the person next to you right now. Go ahead, take a look. Some of you, you know, they might be an angel. You know, look at them right now. Now, I know most of you kind of ruled that out really quickly, didn't you? Like, eh, not, not possible, Pastor Chris. Okay. Um, if you're single, you're looking at the girl in front of you like, oh, there's an angel. Woo! Okay. Um, Actually, in the Bible, most of the time when angels showed up, the people who saw them were absolutely terrified. And that's kind of where I'm headed this morning in the lessons that I want us to learn today. I want us to take a look at three angelic encounters that that intersect the Christmas story. And I think there's at least three lessons that we can learn from these encounters, okay? Number one, don't be afraid of God's purposes. Don't be afraid of God's purposes. You know, the very first messenger was one of the big guns in God's angelic army. His name was Gabriel, and he's actually one of only two named angels in the Bible, the other being who? Michael. So his first assignment that we know about, you know, from Scripture, was when he was called on to interpret a dream for the prophet Daniel. Uh, Gabriel then shows up, again, to our knowledge, 600 years later, when he appears to a young peasant girl named Mary. Now, as I read this familiar story, I want you to try to imagine what Mary must have felt like during this angelic encounter, okay? Luke chapter 1, 26 through 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. So, Gabriel, the angel, has the privilege of announcing the most astonishing news ever made known. Our loving Heavenly Father is going to send His Son, Jesus, to the earth. And what's Mary's reaction? And you see this over and over and over again in Scripture. She was terrified, absolutely terrified, thrown into a state of of anxiety and confusion. And Gabriel sees that, and immediately he says, don't be afraid. And you see that over and over again in Scripture. You know, fear can have a devastating effect on faith. And so his his first responsibility was just to kind of calm her heart a little bit. And he then explains how the Holy Spirit's going to come upon her and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow her and um, that she would give birth to a son, would be the Son of God. Now, Mary didn't understand any of that any more than I can explain that to you today, okay? But notice that Gabriel reminded Mary of the miraculous pregnancy of Elizabeth and he made a statement that I think we still need to hold on to today. And some of you need to hear this today. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Perhaps God has revealed something to you and you're afraid to fully submit to it. You're afraid to fully step out. And that fear is holding you back. And right now, you know, you can't see how it's all going to work out. Right now in your life, you can't seem to figure out how it's all going to come together. And I believe that it's as though an angel of the Lord is speaking to you today directly from his word. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, as Mary's eyes were drawn to the power of God and away from her situation, it's then she was able to respond in faith. Verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Wow. I mean, what a statement. In other words, God, whatever you want, I'm going to do it. Whatever you want, I'm your woman. Use me. 
unqualified trust, a, a, an absolute willingness to obey. What about you today? Again, what is God calling you to attempt? What, 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 God, what is God calling you to walk in? What is God uh, speaking to you to submit to? But you're afraid. You know, can you be reminded of his faithfulness? Can you, can you see his miraculous power? And can you say and truly mean it, just like Mary, God, whatever you want, I'm willing to do it. And your job, your finances, your family, your dating life, I'm your humble servant. Lesson number two, don't be afraid when everything seems to go wrong. Don't be afraid when everything seems to go wrong. You know, when Mary tried to break the news to Joseph, his world absolutely shattered. And, you know, you try to see it from his initial perspective. I mean, come on. I mean, he knows he's not the father. You know, all he really wanted to do was get married, settle down to his carpentry business, build a home, pass it on to his children. But now, in his mind, I mean, I mean everything is just thrown upside down. He's reeling from this news that his fiancée is pregnant with somebody else's baby. I mean, Joseph needs some divine intervention. And that's exactly what happens. Look at Matthew chapter 1, 20-25. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So, this unnamed angel uh, fills in some of the blanks for Joseph. But notice again, you know, the very first thing that the angel does is try to settle Joseph's anxious heart. Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And the angel goes on to explain that the child that Mary was carrying is going to be the Savior. Now notice the end of that passage. It says that Joseph woke up and did what? He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. In other words, just like Mary, Joseph moved from fear to faith, and he obeyed. So again, let's bring this home. What about you? I mean, you know, What's your response when things don't go the way you think they should? How do you handle it when your world's been turned upside down? Things don't go the way you hoped or planned or prayed? What about those times when the circumstances of your life seem to be out of control? 
or that obstacle now seems almost insurmountable. What do we do? Well, we should hold on to hope. Romans 8.28 is still true. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. You see, God's promised to be with us no matter what happens, working things out for our good and His glory. What God wants from us is the same thing He wanted from Joseph. He just wants us to be obedient. He wants us to serve Him in the midst of the storm. To love Him even when we feel like we've lost everything. And to trust Him even in the trials of life. Now, Joseph actually had uh, two more encounters with angels. Uh, Just like the first time, he chose faith over fear. Listen to Matthew 2, 13 and 14. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up. And he took the child and his mother during the night and left for, left for Egypt. Man, you see that over and over again about Joseph. This guy's got some get up and go. Uh, he, he had the same response uh, following his final angelic encounter in which he was told then it was time to return to Israel because Herod had died. Matthew 20, uh, 2, 21 simply says, so he got up and he took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. So what's my point? My point is, don't be afraid when life throws you a curveball, because it will. Listen, God has not forgotten you. He's not. In fact, just the opposite is true. If if you belong to him, then you have this eternal promise that that he has made for your life, that he is causing all things, not some things, You know, not most things, all things to work together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. He's wanting you to obey. Even in the storms, even when it's difficult, to choose faith over fear. Lesson number three. Don't be afraid of the good news. Don't be afraid of the good news. You know, the final exhibit of angelic intervention that I want us to see this morning uh, took place when God rocked the world of some guys who were just trying to do their job. And we talked a little bit about this uh, earlier in this series, but I want to go back and bring up something else. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Again, you see that, right? Over and over again. On an ordinary night, an angel of God appears and uh, into the darkness of that just ordinary, mundane, quiet night comes the illumination of the skies, the brightness of the glory of God. And the word translated there, terrified, is actually two words in Greek put together. Phobos megas. 
Phobos, obviously, phobia, fear, you know, not just normal fear, but again, the second word, megas, mega afraid, intensely afraid. Usually it means even violently afraid. These guys are shaken in their sandals, okay? Now, keep reading. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Just as the shepherds are probably trying to come to grips with the reality of this message from an angel of the Lord, then suddenly um, the heavenly host uh, come unexpectedly. This, the passage of Scripture, the mean uh, here, heavenly host appear, many times in Scripture refers to the Lord's army. Okay, So in just a moment, just an instant, the entire sky is filled with this magnificent aerial display in the heavens, praising, shouting, glory to God in the highest. Something important has happened. Something eternal has happened. The Messiah has been born. I mean, it must have been awesome. Let's keep going. Verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, let's set up a website and market this thing. Okay? Now, it doesn't say that, but that's what we would do, isn't it? I mean, come on. You just see that happening, you know, today. But, but notice what the shepherds said. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Now watch. When they had seen him, they, what? They spread the word. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Stop right there. You see, Christianity, our faith, it's, it's more than a celebration. I mean, that's a part of it, sure. But it's also a proclamation. I mean, the shepherds were so excited about the angels' announcement and seeing Jesus, they just automatically shared it wherever they went. I mean, think about it. When people experience something exciting, you know, they're going to talk about it. Man. Did you see that last-second touchdown that won the game? Did you see that story on the news last night? Can you believe it that Clemson beat Notre Dame and Alabama to win the national championship this year? I mean, we, you know, when something exciting happens, we share it, right? We see, I mean, even, you know, think about, you know, uh, Tuesday morning, Christmas morning. You know, your kids, you know, you, you're going to get something. It's like, oh, my goodness, and, you know, you're going to Instagram it. You're going to selfie it. I mean, you're going to take pictures. You're going to post it. You're going to share it with people. When we see something exciting, it's just natural to talk about it. And, and what I want you to hear today, very simply, is that that's exactly what evangelism is. In its purest sense. It's just people who are still excited and growing in Jesus, and talking to others about what we've seen and heard, what we've experienced. 
Are you still excited? Are you still excited enough that, man, that you've got Jesus in you? That he doesn't just come as a baby, but he grew to be a man. And that he, he went to a cross for your sin and he rose from the dead. And you are alive because of him. And you just want to share that with other people. Drop down to verse 20. The angels returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds returned. Now you think about that for a second. Returned where? Returned to their sheep. Returned to their routine. Returned to their life. Returned to their jobs. I mean, doesn't that kind of surprise you a little bit? I mean, you, you kind of expect them after having this kind of supernatural, miraculous experience to kind of leave their flocks, leave their sheep, and uh, you know, just become a missionary, preaching full-time, something like that. No. They simply went back to what they had been doing. And I think there's an important principle for us related to the good news related to evangelism. Write this down. God's most effective witnesses are usually authentic believers with a testimony, not paid professionals with an argument. You see, most people today are pretty skeptical about people like me, about preachers. You know, you're supposed to tell people about Jesus, Pastor Chris. You get paid to do that. That's your job. And most people are very turned off today by, you know, canned presentations but they know you. You're the satisfied customer. You're the authentic believer. They know you. And if they just happen to see a difference in your life, if they just happen to see the joy in the storm, the joy in the, in the excitement about Christ, man, you have a credibility that God can use in ways that you just can't imagine. Man, don't be afraid of the good news. So what about you? Friends, God might just be trying to break into your ordinary routine this Christmas with the message of the good news. He loves you, and he sent his son Jesus to be your savior. How long will you continue to ignore him? You know, he, he wants to bring you joy in the midst of everything that's going on in your life. Receive him today. You know, put feet to your faith. What is God calling you to do, to step out in faith and accomplish? Don't be afraid. Our angels still around, still doing God's work? Absolutely. Absolutely. But listen, whether we see or hear an angel today doesn't really matter. What matters the most is you receive God's message about Jesus and you respond in faith. You know, Jesus actually made a very fascinating statement about angels in Luke 15, 10. And if you're intrigued about angels and wonder about their role in human affairs, listen to what Jesus said. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner 
who repents. In other words, whenever someone turns their back on their sin and receives Jesus into their life, the Bible teaches, Jesus says, that immediately all the angels of heaven break out in a party. In, in wild rejoicing, they, they celebrate, magnifying God that one more, just one more, has come home. What about you? How does all of this intersect with your life today? Well, for the one who has never surrendered their life to Christ yet, let me tell you something. It is as though right now, right here, if you could just pull back the curtain, if I could get you to see what, what God sees, what's happening right now, you know what it is? It's all the angels of heaven. They are poised. They are watching. They're waiting. They're looking at you. They're waiting on you to come home, and they're cheering you on. Wanting you to make this decision. All of heaven, all the plans are set for a huge celebration. They're just waiting on you. Angels are watching your every move. They know the condition of your soul. And they understand the joy and the rewards that are awaiting those who put their faith in Christ. How does this intersect with your life today? Maybe you've made that decision. And maybe like Mary or like Joseph, the angels today would say, don't be afraid. Step out in faith. Be obedient. Submit to God no matter what. It is the best life possible. Are you ready to obey? Are you ready to come home? Listen to this. You ready for this? Last Sunday... Eight people gave their life to Jesus here in this room. Eight people. The Bible says all of heaven threw a party. They're waiting on you now. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your ministering spirits who serve us. And God, the truth is, I, we really don't know exactly what that looks like or what that means, but I believe it. And I know you use them to orchestrate your sovereign plan in this world, to work all things together, to those who love you for good, for our good and for your glory. And Father, I believe that right here and right now, if we could just pull back what we see, all the angels of heaven are waiting. Just waiting on that one person, that one more, to come home. If you're ready to be that one today, listen. Just pour your heart out to God right here and right now in a prayer. It's so simple. Just, just pray something like this today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that you sent him to this earth as a, a payment for my sin. And he was able to accomplish that because he lived a perfect life. 
He was the acceptable sacrifice for me, for my sin. He went to a cross and he died in my place. But he proved his power over sin and death and he rose from the dead and he is alive. Father, today I put my faith and my trust in that. I turn away from my sin. I repent and I received your gift of Jesus. And I ask him today to forgive me of my sin, to be my Savior, and also to be my Lord. Because from this day forward, God, I simply want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more like you see me today, forgiven and brand new. And Father, for those of us who are here today who have already prayed that prayer, who have already made that decision, we as well today, Father, we want to obey. We want to walk by faith, not be afraid, but simply follow Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.